You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully, every day on Lockdown MLB for a unique look at the majors both present and past. Featuring exciting interviews, routine check-ins from the Lockdown MLB Network's team of local experts, and everything else MLB, subscribe to Lockdown MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Lockdown Dodgers. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Lockdown, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the World Series champion Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I'm Vince Samperio of Chavez Ravine Fiends, and as we hinted at uh, this week, I'll be rolling solo dolo tonight. Jeff and I were both at the game, but Jeff has to drive back to Utah on Thursday morning, and I don't. So I'll be handling today's episode. The Dodgers are back in first place. Sole possession of first place come from behind after being ahead win over the Braves. The Brewers won their third straight against the Giants. And the Dodgers are now .5 games ahead of the Giants in the NL West standings. And .5 games ahead of the Giants for best record in all of baseball. Also .5 games ahead of the race for that. But either way, it feels great to say the Dodgers are in first place. They still have a whole month to go. But uh, it's a good sign that they will at least have a tie of the division lead heading into the Bay Area this weekend for their last three-game series with the Giants. Going to talk a little bit about last night's game and the Max Scherzer little controversy that didn't end up being a controversy unless you wanted to make it a controversy. Talk a little about, about Cody Bellinger and his future. Talk a little bit about the Brewers. And we'll see what else comes up with the now first place Dodgers. But before that, a quick reminder to subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts. And when you get in your car or if you're at home, tell your smart device play podcast locked on Dodgers. So the Dodgers had a 2-0 lead after six innings. Max Scherzer was just at 76 pitches, was thoroughly dominating, had nine strikeouts. And then Bruce Dark Gratterall came out for the top of the seventh, and it was an interesting decision at the time. And a pretty wide collective freakout on social media started happening, and Dave Roberts became the worst manager to ever grace uh an MLB field and it was interesting to me I know that a lot of people don't like Dave Roberts I'm not the greatest fan of Dave Roberts but I can recognize certain things certain patterns and you know try to follow his line of thinking sometimes and this one if you if you did follow the Dave Roberts line of thinking or the pattern from this season you would have came to a conclusion that hey Maybe something's wrong with Max Scherzer because as far as we've seen from Dave Roberts this year, one, he's let his aces and and horses go deep in, deeper into games than in previous years. Walker Buehler's thrown over 100 pitches a handful of times so far this season. Max Scherzer went over 100 pitches a couple of times already in his Dodgers stint. Clayton Kershaw went over 100 pitches a few times earlier in the season. And even Julio, who's probably been babied the most of the full-time starters, He's even gotten a chance to, to go deeper into games than previous years. So knowing that, knowing that the Dodgers didn't have Blake Trinan or Kenley Jansen available on on Wednesday, and knowing that there's an off day Thursday that allows them a built-in extra day of rest before his next start, 
Max Scherzer coming out, people thought Dave Roberts was taking him out because he wanted to save him. The, the theories that I saw on Twitter were pretty astounding that they were saving him to pitch on short rest Sunday against the Giants, which is when Walker Buehler is supposed to pitch against the Giants. So they're not going to pitch Walker Buehler and Max Scherzer on short rest uh, in order to face the Giants in the beginning of September. I saw people saying that Dave Roberts wanted to take him out because he went very deep his last two games. Max Scherzer did throw over 100 pitches his last two outings, but that's typically what Max Scherzer does. He He's built for that. He's already known to be a guy that pitches a lot. And the fact of the matter is 76, the difference between 76 pitches and you know whatever Scherzer would have came out of in the seventh inning, maybe 80 to 90 pitches, that's a big difference. And yeah, I, I just, I can't see how people didn't think something was wrong with Scherzer. Now in previous years, maybe I could buy the notion because yeah, Dave Roberts had pulled starters a little earlier maybe than they wanted to. But just for me, um, you know, if you're a fan of the Dodgers and, and you were right away jumping on Dave Roberts back and want to think about just, you know, think about everything that was going on. Think about the whole context of the situation. Think about the fact that Max Scherzer is not a guy that would come out of the game easily at 76 pitches the way he was pitching. We've seen Clayton Kershaw argue with Mattingly and Roberts in his career about not wanting to come out. We've seen Walker Buehler be annoyed when taken out a little bit early. We've seen you know things of that nature. Max Scherzer, we would have saw something in the dugout of him and Dave Roberts having a conversation at the very least. That wasn't there. Like I said, no Trinan, no Jansen. Dave Roberts knew that, two of their best relievers. So you would assume you'd want your starter to go as deep as possible. The fact that it's Max Scherzer, he's built for this. And the fact that Dave Roberts has been a different manager in this sense. And the fact that the way they've handled the starting pitching the last few weeks is, is you know, Max Scherzer's there to pitch as deep as he can. Matt Walker Buehler's there to pitch as deep as he can. Julio's there to pitch as deep as he can. That's in a conceivable fashion. When they have bullpen games, that's when they throw the kitchen sink at it. But it's not happening in a game started by Max Scherzer. After the game, we found out Max Scherzer had a hamstring, had hamstring tightness that he felt warming up before the game even started. He mentioned that it's happened a couple times before this season. He's never had to miss a start because of it. He doesn't expect to miss his next start. And even after that, even after Max Scherzer said that 76 pitches felt like 95, he felt the tightness. He said he didn't feel he could go after that sixth inning. Even after all that, there's still people that believe that one, the Dodgers are lying. Two, Max Scherzer and Dave Roberts are lying. Three, there's some conspiracy to cover up why Max Scherzer came out of the game in order to uh, absolve Roberts of any of anything. Um, yeah, I don't know. And just general skepticism of, of Max Scherzer coming out. And I don't, I don't know how you can go back and, and look at all the facts and look at everything that's happened and, and everything that... You know, regarding Dave Roberts, regarding Max Scherzer, regarding everything I just brought up, and think that the Dodgers could be lying. You know, does Max Scherzer have an injury that would have pulled him out of a playoff game? I don't know, but this isn't a playoff game. Max Scherzer knows that. Max Scherzer knows there's a month to go. He's not going to go out there for the seventh inning, pop his hammy, be out for the entire month of September, 
and hope to come back in October for the Dodgers. He knows that. So, I don't know. For me, I, like I said, I'm not the biggest Dave Roberts supporter. But all the facts, everything that happened, everything that I just laid out, doesn't make you seem like it's some conspiracy. I think Max Scherzer said, hey, my hamstring feels a little tight. I think I'm done. And that's the way it goes. Now, you can be quibble with going with Bruce Dark Gratterall there in the seventh inning. I can I can understand that quibble, and I can you know, get on board with that quibble. With three innings to go, and Alex Vessia or Phil Bickford or you know Joe Kelly, even Corey Kniebel, not having thrown the night before, hey, you got better guys that can go do the job. Bruce Dargato hasn't been that guy. He's not in that pecking order right now. So I can understand the quibble with picking Gratterall. It didn't work out for him. And they ended up tying it. And then Vessia ended up giving up a home run. Uh, Vessia, I saw someone tweet. It might have been out of Max Bay or someone. that he, His fastball had a little bit less run than usual. So that might contribute to it. I saw a stat the other day that Vessia has like the most whiffs on pitches middle-middle. Or fastballs middle-middle. Uh, Dansby Swanson's was pretty middle-middle, and that one wasn't whiffed on. But that happens. Vesia, you know, he's not going to go the rest of the season without allowing a run, so that happens. The Dodgers picked him up. You know, Phil Bickford did his job, and then Joe Kelly did his job in the ninth pretty easily and rather easily. Um, and we, I think we even got uh, – Jeff and I, I think we even got somebody asking why Joe Kelly in the ninth. That was a mistake. Who else did you want in the ninth inning? Corey Kniebel, I guess, is is the one answer I, I understand. But, uh, you know, Joe Kelly hadn't pitched in a little bit, and he was ready to go, and he got the job done rather easily. There was not a lot to pick from. It would have been Justin Gruel, Shane Green, uh, the new guy, Ryan Messinger, Evan Phillips, or, yeah, that's it. I don't know. I don't know. Joe Kelly was the guy to go to in the ninth, and he worked out. Dodgers won. All right, I'm going to come back, talk a little bit about the expanded roster, the small expanded roster, and then talk a little bit about Cody Bellinger and his future. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Let me lay out a scenario for you that probably sounds a little bit familiar. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, Dodgers playing. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching a show on, on during commercials. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You're checking on the Giants on your phone. And you've got your neighbor's best friend logging for the good stuff. Who doesn't have someone else logging for the good stuff? Well, I'm here to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. No more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So September 1st, rosters are expanded, but the expansion isn't quite how it used to be. The expansion used to be to 40 players. It is not to 40 players now. It's to 28 players. So the Dodgers added Ryan Messinger, and then they called Zach McKinstry back up. So they have Zach McKinstry back in the major leagues, and then Ryan Messinger, who they just claimed from the Cubs, is now up. He doesn't have too much to go off of. He uh, didn't pitch too much. He's got he's 6'4", 235 pounds, if, if you want to know the peripherals. He has a 12-2-7 ERA in his last seven appearances, 7.1 innings, a whip of 2.18, uh, five walks in 7.1 innings, 10 earned runs in 7.1 innings, 11 hits in 7.1 innings. 
So not good at all. But, you know, as the Dodgers tend to do, they might have some ideas for this guy. They might have some sequencing. They might have uh, some little tweak to his delivery or something that might help him out. He's had small success before, uh, at least in the major leagues. 2020, well, very small success. 2020, uh, he pitched in two games, had a zero ERA for the Cardinals. And in 2018, he pitched in 18 games, 21 innings, did have a 6-4-3 ERA. Uh, but a whip of 1.33, which is a lot better than the 2.18 he has this year. Back in 2020, he, yeah, there's not much to go off of. He's a guy that's here until the Dodgers get a little bit healthier. Tony Gonsolin throwing three innings this weekend. Clayton Kershaw throwing two innings this weekend. Clayton Kershaw is eligible to come off the injured list on Friday. Obviously, that's probably not going to happen, but uh, he, he might be ready in the next couple weeks, depending on how they want to go with him. And Ryan Messinger's time is, is probably done whenever any of those two guys comes back so yeah uh we'll see if he ends up pitching this weekend or, or not uh the dodgers do have an extra arm now so, and they do have a day off so they might not need him this weekend uh maybe hopefully in some mop-up duty and zach mckinstry we all know he's gonna come in and i don't think he'll get much playing time but he'll give the dodgers a little bit more flexibility to use guys in pinch hitting situations that are maybe more pinch hitting situations it, it is a little interesting and, oh, I don't know. They probably don't even have anyone. But uh, they didn't call up another catcher just to get, you know, in the games that Will Smith doesn't start, it would be nice to have Will Smith available later in the inning, later on in the late innings in K and, and still have a backup plan in case, you know, some crazy injuries happen. But, I don't know, maybe Ryan McKinstry knows, or uh, maybe Zach McKinstry knows how to catch. I'm not sure. But, yeah, those are the two little roster things. Uh, but I wanted to talk to about Cody Bellinger. We've talked about Cody Bellinger a lot. This isn't going to be directly about Cody Bellinger right now. Um, I didn't agree with Dave Roberts, though, last night, bringing Cody Bellinger in a situation with two on and two out. There's there's better guys on the bench right now that can come in and, and provide a better at-bat than Cody Bellinger, um, even against a left-hander. But, hey, you know what? The Dodgers won, so I can't, I'm not going to keep questioning it. But I've seen this in a few places now, and I heard that they maybe talked about it on TV, maybe, or the radio, and it's Cody Bellinger's future after this season. I saw a tweet the other day basically asking if the Dodgers would non-tender Cody Bellinger, that he maybe do up to $20 million if he goes into arbitration or just based on everything else. Uh, we already know he set some records along the way in terms of his of his uh, annual salary for younger players, and you know right off the bat it's like well no he's gonna get tendered, and then they'll figure it out and it's a matter of Cody Bellinger's interesting because Scott Boris is his agent so it's not like you know he's not hit getting non tendered wouldn't really help I I don't know. You know, who's going to bank on him to figure it out next year? He's had an up-and-down career thus far. 2017 Rookie of the Year, 2018 not so great, 2019 MVP, and now 2020, eh, and 2021, very bad. Uh, with 2021 being the only one, really, that he can kind of pin on something like injury uh, to the shoulder and, and the off-season surgery he had. So I can't see a way where the Dodgers non-tender Cody unless it's to agree on like some two-year deal in like a you know 25 30 35 maybe 40 million dollar range which i can't see that but 
yeah, I don't think the Dodgers are going to non-tender him. I think they'll either tender him or they'll try to sign him to save a little bit of money and sign him to maybe a three, two, three-year deal and buy him out the rest of the years, maybe add one year on top. I don't know if Scott Boris would go for that, but I don't know if Scott Boris has ever had a client that's had such peaks and valleys with no real knowledge of what the future holds for him. You know, Cody Bellinger could come back next year and be an MVP candidate. Cody Bellinger could come back next year and be more of the same and, and or a, a mediocre offensive player and an outstanding above-average defensive player, which isn't too big uh, on the market. I don't see Kevin Pillar and guys like that getting crazy money out there on the open market. So it's an interesting case. Um, I, I Like I said, I still believe Cody Bellinger will be on the Dodgers next year. Just for the simple fact that, you know, even if they tender him, give him whatever contract, it'd be hard to trade him with low value unless he completely goes on a tear in September and carries the Dodgers in October. There's not really going to be a high demand for him just because people don't know. It's a wild card. And a lot of teams aren't willing to trade and, and invest money into that big of a wild card. Hey, I, we've talked about this before. At the very least, it's a gold glove outfielder. And, uh, you know, any, at that point, you can say maybe any hitting is bonus. But 2019 was, you know, on fire. He's had he's had hot streaks before where he looks really good. And, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where you didn't think about it. Uh, you know, him getting on tender. The Dodgers don't really do that to young players. And I still don't think it's going to happen. But I could see them maybe working out a, a, long, a small-term deal, get a little bit guaranteed money in there. And see what happens. Uh, but like I said, Scott Boris is agent. So if he gets tendered, maybe he goes arbitration. And I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, he would have one of the probably f- first cases of that nature where he set some records already. And then just completely went 180 degrees backward. And flipped around and was really bad. And he probably still would earn the precedent and get the big money. But if they go to arbitration see the Dodgers arguing things and, and showing some things and uh, you know they can show kind of since the second half of 2019 he's tailed off a little bit and uh, yeah it's just it would be a little bit of an ugly mess if that happened I think the Dodgers tender him and try to work out a small deal and hey, if they do that maybe he, he will become a little more valuable if he they get him for cheaper than what they originally could have got in arbitration or what they may think he could have got in arbitration so I still expect Cody Bellinger to be in center field for the Dodgers next year in 2022 opening day. But I had to think about it and and it made me wonder, you know, what how that could be. Uh, they could always non-tender him and just try to bring him back as well on a, on a cheaper deal. But, uh, yeah, either way, I expect Cody Bellinger to be in there next year in center field. And uh, they got bigger free agents to worry about. So I think they would want to pay Cody Bellinger just to make sure they have him on the roster they got a lot of turnover to worry about. All right, I'm going to come back and talk about the Milwaukee Brewers a little bit. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. It's that time of year again. Not only is baseball in the final stretch, but football's back. And people are looking forward to players getting back on the gridiron. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests at BetOnline. And that includes online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, both open now at BetOnline. So head to the website on your laptop or mobile device to sign up today and receive a welcome bonus. And you can also take advantage of their opening day super promo. 
If you make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the reigning Super Bowl champion Bucks and the Dallas Cowboys, you can be refunded on your wager up to $25 if you lose. This is for new customers only and only when you use the promo code NFL100. From baseball, football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Head to Bet Online. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so let's talk about the team that has helped the Dodgers the last three days, the Milwaukee Brewers. Seen a lot, obviously, with them taking the first three games of that series against the Giants. A lot of talk about them as a potential playoff opponent. And also the Dodgers finished the season with three games against the Brewers, which at this point I don't think are going to matter for anything. The Brewers should have the number one seat or the, the number. They should have the division locked up already. And I don't know if they'll catch the Dodgers or Giants for best record. They're three games back right now for the number one seed. Honestly, I don't know if they want the number one seed. Number one seed's going to play either the Dodgers, Giants, Padres, or Reds. The number two seed gets to play and host the NL East winner. But teams aren't going to beg and choose. They're going to try to win. So I think if there's a chance for the number one seed that final weekend, the Brewers will play for it. But regardless of that, the the Milwaukee Brewers, you know, how much of a contender are they really? And honestly, they, they are a legit playoff World Series contender threat, whatever word you want to use. You know, they're legit. They got a three-headed pitching attack in the rotation with Woodruff, Burns, and Freddie Peralta. They have a pretty vicious combo in the later innings with Devin Williams and Josh Hader. And they have an offense that's starting to turn it around. They, if you go over the entire season, I believe they're in the lower half of runs scored, lower half of OPS, or around the halfway mark for OPS. And around the, I think, or they're 10th in runs for the entire season, but in the, around the 15, 16, 17 mark for OPS and home runs for the entire season. But. Since the All-Star break, they're third in runs scored. They are top 10 in team home runs. No, 17th in home runs. Sorry. They're 17th in home runs, but num- top three, number three in runs scored. And they are top 10 in OPS at number seven, which is better than the Dodgers OPS since the All-Star break. So now they're starting to figure it out hitting-wise. Christian Yelich is starting to figure it out hitting-wise. They picked up a huge boost on Willie Adamas in that trade with the Rays, which is another trade that the Rays lost that could potentially hurt the Dodgers because they might play them in the playoffs. The other trade being the Drake Cronenworth trade because he has done well against the Dodgers in his short career so far. And, I mean, the Brewers look better than they have in recent years when they've given the Dodgers a run for their money. In 2018, Took him to game seven of the NLCS and, you know, pretty intense series. They didn't have quite the horses that they do now at the top of the rotation. Their offense was pretty bad. And then they had a strong bullpen, if you remember that series. Even last year with a couple injuries that they got last minute, they played the Dodgers tough. They lost both games, but they played Dodgers pretty tough, kept it pretty close. Their offense just wasn't in it. And, as the season had been progressing and thinking about the Brewers, once they kind of started separating themselves in the NL Central, it was like, all right, yeah, they got good starting pitching. They got some pretty good relievers, but they can't hit. Now they've been hitting, and, you know, that, that makes them a legit threat for sure. 
obviously. And I still don't, their lineup still doesn't scare me. Not that it has to scare me for it to work, but, you know, heading into a potential postseason matchup with the Brewers, the starting lineup wouldn't cause me any issues. You know, they got a, they got some guys in there, but there's no one that strikes complete fear into me. Kristen Yelich used to be that guy, but he hasn't really been that guy. Even with the better second half he's had, he still hasn't really been that guy this year. I mean, he's got an OPS. He's gotten his OPS back up to 769. I think it's over 800 in his last 15 games, so he's definitely hitting better. But he's just not quite the same guy. Lorenzo Kane, same thing. Jackie Bradley Jr., uh, Avicel Garcia. All guys that can hurt you, but not anybody that necessarily strikes fear. Adama strikes fear just because he has that crazy swing, and he's been on a hot streak. He's one of the guys that seems to thrive on confidence. Uh, but we saw Dodgers pitchers handle him pretty well in the in the World Series last year. They have the big guys, Rowdy Telez, Daniel Vogelbach. Don't really, you know, not, not too much there. And then they got the former Padre, Luis Urias. And then they got Colton Wong. And that catcher, they got Narvaez. So they're a pretty decent, uh, not decent, they're a really good team. And, uh, and it can be a pretty good offense. Uh, but I think it would just come down to maybe some close, low-scoring games. And I know that's where some of these bullpen guys would come into play. The Dodgers didn't get to face Devin Williams last year in the postseason. He got hurt right before, missed it. Um, I never remember the difference between Woodruff and Burns, but they missed one of them in the postseason last year as well. And they missed one of them in the series earlier this season. They didn't. They only faced one of them. They didn't face both of them. Uh, but it, it's just interesting because they're a team that, that's legit. And obviously this is looking forward to probably an NLCS rematch um, and looking maybe a little too far ahead. But... You know, it's just good to know because, like I said, the Dodgers do face them the last three of the season. They have helped the Dodgers to this point. They are kind of competing. Not kind of. They are competing with the Dodgers for best record in National League. So it is a team to kind of think about. Not worry about right now, obviously, but think about and, and keep in back of their mind and kind of see how they do the rest of the year. And if they continue this, then head into the postseason. That's a formidable matchup for any team. So... I yeah, just wanted to, to shed some, shine some light on the Brewers and kind of talk about them a little bit. I uh, also want to thank them just for beating the Giants last three. If they could win one more and sweep the Giants so the Dodgers head into the Bay with a one-game lead, that would be very ideal. So uh, go Brewers for Thursday. Which leads me into the final thing. Dodgers going to the Bay Area this weekend. They could be tied on Friday when they play. They could be up a game on Friday when they play. They are up a game. That means that the only way they would not leave the Bay Area in first place is if they got swept, which is always nice. But I'm not going to put 100% emphasis on this series. If the Dodgers lose this series, they did happen to go out there and get swept. The season wouldn't be over by any means. But it's one of those series that I, I've talked about before that the Dodgers have won in previous years in the month of September or late in the season. They've struggled with the Giants in the Bay Area earlier in the year and then beating them in, in September when it matters. You know, they struggled with the Padres earlier in the year, and yes, the Padres have a lot of issues, but they just swept them, you know, a couple weeks ago or last week, whatever it was. They've they in twenty eighteen they had they went on a tear, eighteen and nine, to close out the season and to force game one sixty three and then went on to, you know, 
make it to the World Series. So, and with the matchups, they're favorable in the Dodgers' way. On Friday, it's David Price. All the Giants are listed as TBD right now. I think Gosman would be lined up. Or, if, oh no, he pitched on Wednesday. Yeah, they're going to miss the best pitcher that they have at the moment in Webb. Uh, Di Sclafani might pitch this weekend. Cueto might pitch this weekend. Alex Wood's on the injured or the COVID IL. He tested positive. Uh, hopefully he's he's doing fine. So the Dodgers have the, the matchup. So they got David Price in bullpen game on Friday, depending how Price does. He didn't do that well last time out in San Francisco, but uh, he could do better. And then they got Julio on Saturday, and they got Bueller on Sunday. So the Dodgers have the favorable pitching matchups. They have the fact that they're not that they're coming off a sweep. The fact that they have a healthy offense, and and probably I think the first time this year. They're going to face the Giants with their entire starting offense healthy and ready to go. And they haven't faced the Giants with Trey Turner yet. So that would be a welcome addition. They'll have a rested bullpen with none, with Trinan and Jansen and Knievel not throwing on Wednesday, having the off day Thursday, everyone having the off day Thursday. So it's time for the Dodgers to go out and win this series. And for selfish reasons as well, because I'm going to be out there Friday and Saturday. And obviously I want to see them win. So... Go Dodgers and stay in first place the rest of the month. Take it with ease. Put that last week in. Make it not matter so the Brewers can just – so it doesn't matter if we beat the Brewers or not. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to this weekend in the Bay Area. And uh, it's fun. It's it's nice that the Dodgers are back in first place for it and will be at least tied for first place uh, if all goes wrong on Thursday and the Giants win. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for supporting us. You guys are the reason we continue to do this. And we love it when you guys listen, give us feedback, say hi to us at the games, all that kind of good stuff. Interact with us. Uh, Speaking of that, we will be on Spotify Green Room tomorrow morning or today, today, right now, Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Jeff's going to be on the road back to Utah. So hopefully he has good service. But at the very least, I'll be there. We can talk about some of these topics that we had. I know Justin Hicken might hop on. Uh, we were going back and forth about the Scherzer thing, Scherzer Day Roberts thing. Uh, maybe he might have more thoughts about it. So, yeah, enjoy enjoy uh, the off day on Thursday for the Dodgers. But join us at 11 a.m. if you want to. You can follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Dodgers. You can follow or subscribe to Locked on Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at Snydog. You can follow me on Twitter at Vince Samperio. DMs are open on all those accounts. You can reach us via email, lockedondodgers at gmail.com, or you can reach us by phone for a voicemail or text at 323-863-5625. We're every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us. When you get in your car or if you're at home, text my device play podcast, Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts.